Hi, this is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We hope you are staying safe, sound, and sane as this year continues to drag on and we do all that we have to do to get through this pandemic. Well, how about this? If you want to be on a Zoom call that isn't dreadfully boring, please join us for Zoomapalooza, an interactive adventure of fun, games, comedy, and who knows what else. Tickets are absolutely free or hire us for your next office or corporate event. Just visit pod617.com slash Zoom. That's pod617.com slash Zoom. Now enjoy the following production of pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave, as announcer boy just told you. If you like this podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, leave a review, share it with a friend, and jump down, turn around, pick a bale of cotton. I don't know, it just sounded like something else should go there. Anyway, I hope you like uh, sports, kids. And if you like sports, uh, you may be the type of thinking man that thinks about the issues behind the game. I've got a guy who, along with a buddy of his, launched a sports law podcast. Wicked good idea, by the way. I don't know why I didn't think about it. I'm a lawyer. I dig the sports. But anyway, on the line is one of the co-hosts of Sports Law Weekly. He also happens to be a law student at New England Law, where I taught one glorious semester. Well, we can get all into that. Anyway, please welcome John Weilbacher to the show. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. This is awesome. My pleasure, my friend. So I hope you're spending most of your time focusing on your priorities as a law student, which the priority, the priority should be podcasting full time. <laughs> the rest of it will just take care of itself. But it's, it, it's, it's interesting. I, I, I know you and I have spoken before, so I know about your, your sort of passion behind this project. It's a, it's a great sounding podcast. Go to sportslawweekly.com, by the way, folks, if you want not just the podcast, but they've got blogs and some other stuff on that. So why this? Where, where, where'd you come up with this idea? Yeah, it's a good question. So it stems a little bit back into the history of why I got into this. And that's the, I've played college sports. I've been playing sports my entire life. And when I decided to go to law school, it was always with the intention of somehow being a part of sports in some general scheme. And for me, if I can intertwine the law, which I'm passionate about, with something that I've always been passionate about, which is sports, it would be the ultimate combination. So when I came up with this idea, it was really thinking about where I wanted to be and learning that obviously I'm just a law school student and I'm just getting in this industry and I need to network, but also start talking to the people that are where are the experts in the industry. So I think me and Andrew just kind of came together and we're just like, we have taken advice from our mentors. We've taken advice from our professors and looked deep in, in, and found that we need to be proactive. And yeah. so we coming up with this podcast, coming up with this idea, we've now are, are going on to our ninth episode. We have interviewed some of the biggest heavy hitters in the sports law industry from people that are constant contributors to ESPN, people that are top sports litigators in New York. 
and just anything anywhere from intellectual property for athletes to copyright issues whatever it is they I, we've interviewed almost every single sector and we're kind of just diving deeper each week uh where where did john where where and what did you play in terms of college sports yeah i played um at san diego state i was a punter i was actually originally committed to washington state went up there for a semester and then transferred down to the good old mesa for to play for the aztecs wow any fake any fake punt stories no? <laughs> in high school in high, in high school yeah. yes okay uh yeah the i practiced a fake punt where i was supposed to throw it catch it where i i pretend like it's going over my head run out and then hide the ball tuck it around and then i'm supposed to throw it out to a wide receiver <laughs> yeah. i actually never did it mm-hmm. but i practiced it so often and i was there was one day that I was playing up in Fresno, California, mm. and it was raining, and they didn't want me to punt it because it was just bad conditions. They didn't want it to be a missed punt, mm. and they were going to run it. I never actually got the green light, no. but it was as close to I could get to a uh, fake punt. The, the weirdest fake punt I've ever seen, and I think it's happened more than once, is when the punter kicks the ball away, and then the the coverage team runs down, but they all run to the wrong direction, the wrong side of the field where the ball right. isn't. Yeah. That's actually, a, I guess, a punt return fake, not not so much yes, a punt yeah, fake. Yeah, yeah. And, they, and yeah, yeah. So they all go block left. Right. The guy's catching right, and then all the people running down to chase it. Yeah. I'm always surprised that that even has a chance of working because I guess the players don't look up. Yeah. Is so that... it's it's funny that you say that because yeah. one of the nuances when I went to San Diego State, one of the things that they had me incorporate, which I'd never done before, is I'm supposed to yell what direction the ball's going. Right. And with the crowd and everyone else screaming, you can't really hear that. Okay. But I'm supposed to do my best job. But I, I thought it was always interesting because I never understood why. I'm like, just look up. But sometimes it's so high and they're focusing on not getting blindside blocked, whatever, yeah. that by yelling that helps make sure that they don't pull one of those fast, fast moves. <laughs> interesting. So I've never yeah. we could we could do a whole podcast on punting. I just find it, I just <laughs> I just find it fascinating and especially since the punter has but he literally is the one job guy it's that old expression you had one job you have one job and people people usually only notice when you screw it up anyway right um so back to sports loss so what kind of you mentioned some of the topics i noticed uh, on your blog today you have something on antonio brown did you write that or was it one of your colleagues that wrote no it's one of my colleagues that wrote about him coming back the the why he was released, why he's coming back, the pending litigation that he still has. And I think Bill Belichick, not Bill Belichick, I'm sorry, Bruce, Bruce Arians, Arians. Yep. came out and said, basically, if he gets, if that claim sticks, mm-hmm. then he won't be with our team anymore. But if it doesn't, we obviously have no problems. They're just looking to get another weapon, obviously, for Brady. But we, the week before that, we went into Dak Prescott and something that Skip Bayless said about his mental issues mm-hmm. and talking about athletes' rights to get mental help with their sports and that it's the employer's duty mm-hmm. to make sure that they get the appropriate care. And I actually saw that when I was at San Diego State. They, they had, had to have put good faith efforts to make sure all the athletes had at least a psychologist or someone to talk to because of the pressures of mm being an athlete and being a student at the same time. Yeah. And Dak talked about that months ago. And if, if he was depressed then he must be really depressed now. I'm sorry. It's a bad <laughs> joke, but poor, yes. poor, but poor Dak. 
But you're right. I mean, that that's and that's an interesting issue just because the, the whole culture of football is suck it up, kid, rub some dirt on that wound that you've got there. And you'd think that, that it would be a tough spot for someone who deals with depression. So, and tell me about some of the guests you've had and maybe guests that you'd like to get in the future on Sports Law Weekly. Yeah, so one of the guests that we actually had recently, two of them, one was actually a law school student who started his own sports agency. So we talked more about where is the line drawn, being an agent, being an attorney, where are you going to focus, how are you going to be able to use what you're learning in law school and what eventually you'll be practicing with the agency side. Because obviously, for those that don't know, it's very distinct. You're more of a manager, business manager, working on the marketing deals, and actually you have to get pass a, an exam to, to represent certain players in certain leagues. Mm. Whereas an attorney, you're kind of if you don't have those exams passed, you're more uh, consulting with the agents or working on specific legal issues with the players. So he was kind of talking about all his legal issues he's confronted thus far and and how he's working with his current players. And then uh, one of the other interviews the week prior, we interviewed someone who does the nuanced niche of sports law of sports gaming and gambling. Mm. And that was super interesting because you think about all the professional sports, they all, most of them have uh, CBA or agreements, collective bargaining agreements. And gaming is so new that it doesn't have that. So the mm. legal issues he's confronted with, so for those that are familiar, if someone is playing, say, Call of Duty and they're streaming it and they're profiting off of the stream, right. and technically it's the intellectual property and copyright of Call of Duty. But then there comes the issue of how much can they self-market themselves on that platform? Is any of it infringing? Mm. And then the legal issues of like sponsorships, if they're getting sponsored, how can they incorporate it into st- – it's all these and different – and there's no collective bargaining agreement. So there's nothing's laid out. What, what you're referring to, I think, are gamers who post their so-called performances on these games. And then a lot of people, particularly millennials – I don't know if you lump yourself into that category, John. If so, then no, no offense intended. But <laughs> we'll we'll watch these. My son, who who's eighteen now, he would sit for hours and watch videos of other people playing games. And I said, "Well, is it because you want to learn tips and become better at it?" And he said, "No, I just <laughs> now have you done that?" I, I have. I definitely think most most people my age or, or even younger have definitely done that. What? Why? Why are you watching somebody else play a video game? Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you if it, when you were growing up or still now, if you're interested in playing sports, maybe even just pick up basketball. Do you like to watch the NBA to maybe pick up a move or two to understand why someone does something to understand, maybe to improve your game. A lot of people watch someone else play to understand what's possible or how to strategy wise, how to go about something. Because these, some of these people that are professional gamers, it's not only that they have quick fingers, it's the mental strategies that go behind gaming. That is what makes them who they are. So it's kind of that same technique perspective of observing. I, I guess, I mean, that what you, the way you describe it makes sense, but it's just, but it's the same screen every time and it's that i don't know i don't get this is this is one of these things not your generation no it's not it's not and i like to think that usually i'm in lockstep with most of the things the kids dig like these podcasts these crazy new podcast things here but anyway i just i just got an oculus quest the vr goggles thing yeah 
How is that? Oh man, it's it's pretty amazing. It's it's pretty amazing. It's for those that don't know, it's one of these things you strap to your head and it, it really feels like you're in a different time and space. But it's what I didn't realize is that it, you can use it to exercise. There are a lot of apps that really make you kind of move around and it's cool because it asks you to kind of virtually draw a box around where you're standing so it'll warn you if you're about to go slamming into like a bookcase or something so it it quote unquote knows but i tried this i've tried the boxing game and it's it it, i mean the you're fighting against a cartoon an animated person but right but it it feels real i mean you get like like the the message comes up says you need to go to your corner so you're literally turn around 180 degrees and walk back to your corner and there's there's a trainer there who doesn't say anything he just gives you a thumbs up now and again but i was after three rounds with this animated russian dude i was so winded it it, it is so strenuous (laughs) and so i got two questions for you one do you actually have to walk move something on a controller to walk in this game you do actually walk which is why it's important to outline it draw that box draw the box at the beginning of the game yeah there are other apps where you can use the joystick to virtually walk and and then my second question is do you get dizzy i i've heard a lot of those virtual reality games where it it mixes with your calibration like your own head and then it just it gets dizzy and you just start I haven't. I don't know if you get. Yeah, I haven't found that yet in the apps that I. But with the exception of there's a there's a roller coaster app, which as you can imagine, mm. and you and you can sit for that one, obviously. But but it's funny. You have to reach forward and grab the safety bar and pull it down. The virtual safety bar and pull it down. Uh, and, and on that one, I did I did feel a little bit of a uh, little bit maybe a little bit of vertigo. There's a message that comes across that says hit this but look over here if you're starting to feel motion sickness. So, I mean, it's it's. It's this is going to be the brave new world, and I know we're getting off topic yeah. here, but it, and it's it's appropriate for the these times because with no live concerts and no live sports right. where we're attending, you can replicate it pretty darn well with one with these goggles. And, and yeah, there'll be some issues, there'll be some legal issues for you to consider with virtual gaming sports. I'm sure right. in the future. <laughs> so, who would you like to get as a guest? I think what we were aiming to do is actually get on some professional athletes, some yep. guys that have been in the league for a while. I think that is something that we haven't heard from quite yet. We've had, we've interviewed one of our first episodes. We interviewed some college athletes, but we wanted to interview some people that have been in the league five plus years, really to bring in a perspective, not necessarily about the knowledge of what sports law entails, but more about their own perspectives and how that crossed paths with the law. So, for example, talking with an athlete about his negotiations, what an agent or an attorney told him, what were his priorities? Why did that change based off what they have said, what he found and any legal issues that he found in terms of like, oh, I didn't know that the contract said that. Or if he like, for example, one of the big ones that they don't know is if you miss a certain amount of practices, you get a pay reduction. Mm. And or if you get injured. If you don't meet like a certain amount of games healthy, you get another. There's like all these bars you have to reach to get that amount of money. That's why people are all they see these three hundred million dollar contracts or one hundred million dollar contracts. But it's really the guaranteed that what's what counts, because as most people saw, Le'Veon Bell was released. But he people remember he was signed to a five year deal, right. but he was released after a year and a half. Mm-hmm. And so people are like, well, how can they do that? I thought there was a contract. There is. But it is 
conditional along with the fact that he satisfies what they need and they have the power to release him. The only thing that he has is the guaranteed money. And so that's why most players that are at least worth it will go ahead and, and make sure that they get some money guaranteed. Yeah, that that's something I think a lot of people don't know. It's a, it's a good point. In, in baseball and maybe other sports, typically 100% of the money is guaranteed. So yeah. if, if a player... Uh, is terrible and gets released the team is still on the hook for all that money in football it's typically the opposite right i mean yeah the notion of guaranteed money in football is a relatively recent phenomenon it used to be just if basically if you don't play you don't get paid which is right it's kind of rough for some it's silly considering that football is the most violent sport oh yeah that we watch so it's it's kind of silly that that that's the case but yeah i agree yeah all right. Well, again, it's Sports Law Weekly is the podcast, and sportslawweekly.com is where you go to hear John. And who, who's your who's your co-host? Give him a shout Andrew out. Marsh. Andrew, Andrew Marsh. Andrew Marsh is the co-host. Unfortunately, he was unable to be here today, but great co-host. Yeah, definitely check us out. Okay. And a little bit later in the show, before we go, John's going to stick around and play a round of Wicked Smart, our quiz game. I'm going to quiz him on some sports law and have going back into the depths of the archives of Mass Lawyers Weekly, where I used to work, cover a few sports stories. You have that to look forward to. Before we do that, let me take just a moment to tell you what we do here at pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. Would you like your own podcast? Just like John, I mean, be as industrious as him. Follow your dream, get your own podcast, and we can help you do it. Go to pod617.com. We can get you started with a quality USB mic that we'll send out to you. We've been producing podcasts remotely for years now, even pre-pandemic. We're doing a lot more of them now. Or if you're brave enough, come into our Westwood studios, which is uh, nicely sanitized, I assure you. We'll produce the whole thing from start to finish, the intro music, the outro music, everything in between. Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network, in pod we trust. All right, let's play a round of Wicked Smart. Smart! My boy's Wicked Smart. Do you know what wicked smart means, John? Because you didn't grow up around here, did you? <laughs> I do know it's a yeah, uh, right. local lingo. <laughs> right. All right. So a few, just a few questions, and it might spur some discussion between us on the subject, the intersection of sports and the law. What I don't know what year this was, but man, it doesn't matter. What NBA star refused to testify in a criminal case after he was stabbed eight times during an altercation at a Boston nightclub? Is an NBA star. Yeah. Boston nightclub. Boston. This was probably about 10, 12 years ago. This guy, Boston NBA. We have a team here. They wear green. So that's okay. 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 (laughs) I I, see. I I didn't follow the NBA as closely. It was more of an NFL fan, but I, if I were just to throw a name out there and I know it's probably not him, maybe Garnett? I don't know. No. You picked the wrong member of the big three. Paul Pierce is what we're looking for. Uh, and you know what? He he got stabbed at a, a nightclub, which is practically across the street from your law school. So someday. It, I oh, feel, my goodness. Is it, that the same nightclub that Aaron Hernandez, that whole incident where he. Because that happened, I think, at the law school. I mean, at the. At across the street of that. Have you seen yeah, Aaron yeah, Hernandez? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, Pierce. Pierce almost died that night. He and that was before Jeez. the that that was. Pre, now it's coming back to me. I'm pretty sure that was pre, 2008 before Garnett and Allen arrived, and 
he recovered fully, obviously. Wow. But, and then due to some kind of gang code of silence, he, refi- he, he got really tight-lipped at trial. Anyway, yeah. Okay, this is, uh, this is a weird one, but in 2005, the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court found that a wheelchair-bound athlete was not entitled to compete in a high-level league where, <laughs> with, the requ- with his request that he receive two bounces in the game instead of the usual one bounce. Uh, I, I did not a- ask that question properly at all. Let me, let me start again. What sport was at the center of the controversy when the Mass SJC ruled that a wheelchair-bound player was not entitled to compete in a league under his request of receiving two bounces in the game instead of the usual one? Handball? No, but yeah, maybe we'll give it to you. It's racquetball was what we were looking for. Close, uh. close enough. Yeah, yeah. Now you might remember the cases come up like this, right? Like the the the, right. the Casey Martin trial. I want to say that was his name. Is a golfer who was very good, but had a debilitating disorder that he needed the golf cart to get around, and they wouldn't let him do it. So interesting. Yeah, and I know that the former. NBC broadcaster Bob Lobel, who's known well in these parts, he sued. He sued for the same reason. And I don't know if you're a golfer, but don't you think that they should be able to take the golf cart if they need it? I definitely, I definitely <laughs> do agree. They should be able to. And I think yeah. nowadays that probably would have uh, been allowed. Yeah, it could have been. Could have been. All right. In 2019, the mayor of Somerville, Mass, sued this blog slash website slash media outlet alleging that its representative recorded an interview with the mayor after pretending to be a Boston Globe columnist. What website slash blog was sued by the mayor of Somerville? Now it's, I will have to, I will have to say since I didn't live here in 2019, well, technically it was last year. All right. It was last year. Excuse of law school. This is, a, uh, this is, you've heard of this. This is, and it's, and it's sports related, obviously, or I wouldn't be asking you. It's not Barstool Sports, right? Yes, it is. Come on. You should go, go with oh. your gut. Yes. Barstool Sports. <laughs> yeah. Kirk Minahan, who had been recently hired by Barstool Sports, called up the mayor of Somerville and pretended to be a Boston Globe columnist and recorded it's it. on brands. Yep. Yeah. On n- brand no them. question. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know what came of that suit, but it, I mean, it wasn't very smart on Kirk's part, but anyway. In uh, the year 2000, this Boston Bruins player was found guilty of assaulting Vancouver Canucks player Donald Brashear in a British Columbia court. This is a hard one, but I wanted to bring it up because it... Not a hockey fan, so I couldn't tell you, but... Marty McSorley. The answer is Marty McSorley. It was big news around here. The, The two had been feuding in the series, and McSorley slashed him and knocked him unconscious and but what do you but what do you think about assault cases brought in regular old criminal court for things that happen on a field has that has that come up at all yeah, in your I travels mean, I, I would actually revert back to something that happened recently with miles garrett hitting a steelers player with the helmet oh yeah yeah and looking at if you could bring that outside and i think there you could and i think there probably should have been but I think for the most part, there is some kind of there's consent you learn about in law that when you agree to come on to a football field, there is an agreed upon consent that all the players have that within the boundaries of that sport, right. anything kind of goes and that you can't bring legal action afterwards. But 
something that was outside of those boundaries, for example, what Miles Garrett did, would be able to be brought to, to a criminal trial or something like that. Yeah, even, well, swinging the helmet, I guess, it's definitely not something you see every day. But in hockey, I thought McSorley got kind of railroaded in, the, in that. I mean, he didn't have to go to jail or anything. It was uh, some kind of suspended sentence. But the in hockey, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm, I'm like you, I'm not a big hockey fan, but there's a level of penalty called intent to injure, right? Like for intent to in, mm. injure, you get an extra, you get a game misdem misdemeanor game misconduct or something mm. but in other words in hockey they've written a rule anticipating that some people are going to try to <laughs> attempt to yeah. injure you attempt to injure and i really think it's something has to be brutal like in that movie the last boy scout where the guy's running down the field and takes out a gun and shoots the defender like that i can see but it's, it's interesting that you also said it because there's a Vontae Perfect, I don't know if you ever heard the name, yeah, in the of course. NFL, has been constantly kicked out for targeting and going for the injury blow in yep. his tackles as the linebacker. So, And he's not been sued. He's just been kicked yeah. out. Yeah. The, the, I mean, again, you mentioned swinging the helmet. That That's fairly outrageous. But, yeah. I mean, but, but, I mean, it's not going to do any worse, likely, than – Vontae Perfect going after some diminutive receiver going over the middle. He he really could kill him, uh, and uh, yeah, and it's but it's weird. It, it's it's I I tend to think that we have to gauge everything on like you say within the boundaries of the game, and also the fact that we ask these guys to be gladiators, especially in football, and it's it's brutal what happens to their bodies, and so right it they they they're encouraged by their coaches and. Famously, Greg Williams, who was the defensive coach of, I forget who, oh, the Saints, I guess. Yeah, he was, mm. the, he was the bounty gate guy and yep. ca caught on tape saying, go, go kill the head and the body will fail. So just basically telling his players to knock the living daylights out of someone and aim for the head. And uh, yeah, and that guy's still coaching, of course. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Well, uh, you were a very good sport, John. So uh, we give Thank you, you. Uh, a passing grade on uh, wicked, <laughs> wicked Smart. I wasn't keeping track. We'll just say you got them all right. Anyway, so it's uh, Sports Law Weekly. And what, what else should we know about where to find the podcast and, and how people can talk back to you and that kind of stuff, John? Yeah, so uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can go on sportslawweekly.com and actually just click the podcast tab and all of our podcasts are there. So whatever's easiest for you. And you can also find us on social media, SLW New underscore news on Twitter and then Sports Law Weekly on Instagram. Cool, man. Keep podcasting. I love it. I'm going to keep listening. And uh, yeah, what if people, if people have like suggestions for topics and stuff, go to the website. Yeah, reach out to us, reach okay. out to us either on our website. We have a contact page where we uh, definitely encourage questions and topics that they want talked about. And then also on social media, we've been hit up a bunch of times about different issues that people see and want, want to uh, learn more about. All right. Just promise me you won't be the next Drew Rosenhaus. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. A few more ethics <laughs> than that. Thanks again, John. Thanks for being a good sport and being on the Boston Podcast. If you like this show, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Go to pod617.com if you want your own podcast. And on behalf of John and all the folks at Sports Law Weekly, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Peace.